You're listening to another episode of The Zag. Eric is up here on a beautiful Friday afternoon talking to the boss of NLC. Courtney Madden is here. Going to give us some of the inside scoop on the convention this summer and what else is happening in NLC world. Excited to talk to her. Let's get to it. All right, Courtney, where in the world are you today? Because I know you travel a lot. I am. I'm in Boston. I'm. I'm home today. Very excited. I, although I, I wouldn't mind being a warmer climate. Warmer is good. Yeah, I was in D.C. this uh, last couple of days. It's nice to actually get winter because paradise here is tough. You know, seventies and eighties all the time. Where is he? Oh, at? I'm sure. <laughs> all right. So give me the scoop. So give me the first of all the reason why the semantic change from NLC retreat to NLC convention. Sure. So previously, um, our NLC retreat was really targeted solely at our chapter leadership. Um, the focus of it was strategic planning for the year. Um, but over the last couple of years, we've seen a real in, um, uptick in alumni attending. And so we wanted to make it an extension of Institute, make it more of a professional development experience for those who might not be in leadership positions. But also we've had a lot of interest from our partner organizations over the last couple of years, um, inquiring as to whether or not their membership or their folks can attend. Um, and so we wanted to create an event that combines some of our policy initiatives um, and some of the meeting training that we were the country and some of the dialogues that we had um, into kind of one marquee event. Um, and so in order to really let folks know that this is open to the public and that um, this is, you know, an opportunity for millennials and progressives from all over the country to come together and have some really important dialogues. We felt it was necessary to change the name um, and to make it um, more open and welcoming to the public, but also more open and welcoming specifically to our alumni who might not um, be in current leadership positions. So that's part of the, the change. Yeah. And then what's the strategy behind choosing a city? So how we've done the cities in the last couple of years has been um, a little different each time. Um, when we first hosted in D.C. Uh, back in 2015, it was because we had opened a new office there and we had um, staff centrally located. Um, it was the first time NLC had opened an office, and so it made a lot of sense to be in D.C. Um, our community really enjoyed having the retreat in DC in 2015. And there was a lot of opportunities in terms of speakers and folks that we could have as presenters. Um, and so as we looked at 2016 and with conventions happening um, for both parties in July and knowing that we would be competing with a lot of other um, requests, uh, we felt that it was important to stay in DC for one more year and take advantage of um, all the DC had to offer. Um, following the 2016 election, we thought it was really important to get out of D.C. Um, and so we were pitched by a chapter um, on how their location might be uh, beneficial to NLC and really um, open up some new dialogues and some opportunities for folks to travel to new chapters and meet new folks. Um, and so we went to Pittsburgh and um, about the same time, Houston inquired as well. Um, and so they also pitched on um, having NLC come to Texas. We now have four chapters in Texas. We're super excited. We're growing um, really quickly. Um, and we had not been in the South in a while. So um, Houston seemed like a great opportunity. Um, what we've seen since the 2017 and looking into the 2018 convention is a lot of chapters would really like to take the opportunity to spotlight the amazing work happening in their community. And so we're opening up hmm. an RFP process um, for chapters to bid 
on convention, which I think is really exciting and speaks volumes as to um, how great that event has become and what that can do for a local chapter um, to kind of highlight, hey, we are not just a hundred individuals here who are connected, but we are connected to this larger national organization and they're gonna be in town. And so it's an amazing opportunity for brand building locally. Um, But I think on, for our purposes, it's just really nice to be able to go and visit another chapter um, and understand kind of the challenges that they're facing or the successes that they're meeting um, locally and be able to highlight their work, um, their elected officials, um, and some of the amazing things happening in their community. So then how similar will NLC's RFP process be to the Amazon HQ2 process? Is it going to be exactly the same? Do they need international (laughs) airports and walkability? Like what are... What are some of the key things you're ultimately going to look for in that in that RFP process? So we've been really um, loose in, in the process, and that RFP will be rolling out next month. Um, and, and part of the reason is, is that we don't want chapters that are in smaller markets to feel like they can never um, put in a bid that's going to be successful. Um, we will work with each team if they're selected to make sure that convention will be successful there. Um, obviously, it is really nice to have a hub airport that makes it easier for participants and attendees um, because there's a lot more flights, there's a lot more options. Uh, you could put a Google flight alert on and um, kind of save a few dollars on the cost of attending retreat or, or convention rather. Um, but that doesn't mean that it, we shouldn't be going to smaller markets. In fact, I, I would argue that it's important for us to go to smaller markets um, because it really opens your eyes to some of the different challenges and successes that you can have in smaller markets. Um, the process really is to identify some locations, um, highlight maybe some important areas that your community, city, state, um, depending upon the structure of your chapter, is leading um, and how that is an interesting topic and an engaging topic for um, our larger national community. No, I think you're right. I mean, I had a lot of fun in Pittsburgh. I'd, I'd never been to Pittsburgh. I hadn't planned on going to Pittsburgh. It was really enjoyable. Got to meet some really interesting people. Had a fun Sunday experience, right? Bumming around, doing touristy things. I remember a lot of fun too was the Louisville one because I never mm-hmm. would have gone to Louisville. So I think you're right to figure out where some of the, the less destination spots necessarily. Um, and I think too, have those in redder, political places because i think that gets the momentum going in a good direction too so yeah whether it's like omaha or des moines or those kind of places i think would be fun to see in the future too absolutely and you know i'm glad that you brought up that piece about pittsburgh because i that was one of my favorite aspects of the 2016 convention our 2017 convention was so many folks that you know i never planned on coming to pittsburgh um but i was so surprised when i got here Um, And there were so many things I didn't know about Pittsburgh, and it was such a unique experience that I would not have had had we not held this event here. Um, And that was really, really rewarding. And so if that's a thing that encourages some of our smaller markets to to throw their hat in the ring, please know that that's an opportunity to put your community on the map. Um, (laughs) 2019, I think, is going to be really competitive bidding process, um, considering that for some of our chapters, there's going to be presidential candidates flying around. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see who throws their hat into the ring. Um, It's always exciting to hear from chapters that they really want to bring convention to their hometown, um, because I think that speaks volumes in terms of capacity and engagement on that, on the level of the board. Um, 
that they want they wanted to be here. Um, and one of the things that we've been talking about with our Texas chapters is that this is a this is a game changer that we're going to be in Texas. Um, when you host convention in your hometown um, or your home state, it means that a lot more of your membership are going to be able to attend. Um, and I think one of the themes that has been true for the last couple of years for um, for this event is it really truly changes your perspective of the organization and the network um, because you have this opportunity to meet your fellow tribe members from around the country. Um, and that's, you know, the greatest experience for anybody. Nice. When we come back, I'll ask Courtney a little bit about some of the newer chapters he gets to travel around and see and just what is going on uh, with those folks. Thanks for listening to the Zag. Stay tuned. All right. So when January and February rolled around, where were you able to get out to, to different chapters? Anything memorable? Any new chapters? Any relatively new chapters that really caught your eye? And it's like, oh, these, these people got it going on. So actually, I stayed grounded for January oh. and February. Um, NLC has reached the point of 50 chapters. Um, <laughs> and that is amazing and remarkable. You and I have been around for a while. I was a 2010 fellow. I think you've been on the scene since what, 2011, Eric? Yeah, I was a 2010 fellow, and then yeah, started running things in LA in 2011. Yeah, so we're the we're the great class of 2010, as New York <laughs> City likes to say. The great class of 2010 changed things at NLC. Um, but we have 50 chapters now. When we went through the fellowship, there were less than 10, um, and so we've been growing exponentially, um, but strategically. Um, and making sure that we're launching really strong chapters. And so um, I had been on the road quite a bit in the fall and decided to um, stay put in January and February um, and really just make sure that I was available to hop on all those conference calls, to um, respond quickly to emails. Um, we're still a very lean staff, but I can tell you my, you know, my travel throughout the fall and even just watching some of these newer teams grow has been so exciting. Um, whether it's Columbus um, or Oklahoma or South Carolina or Dallas um, or Vermont, who are all our, our newer chapters, um, that energy that you get from just interacting with them, even on a phone call has been amazing. Um, I would say they are certainly chapters to watch um, for some of our older chapters that might be getting a little fatigued or tired. I mean, it has been a long road since the 2016 election. Um, I would look to some of these newer chapters in their energy and feed off of it. Um, super excited to see Vermont and South Carolina launch this year. Um, they're going to both be just amazing events. Um, and I'm sure that lots of folks are going to wish that they were able to attend them. Um, but also, you know, watching Oklahoma step into their own, Dallas step into their own, and Columbus and run their first whole institute has been amazing. Our Columbus chapter is serving as a, as a mentor to get other chapters off the ground in Ohio. Um, but our legacy chapters just con continue to be just rock solid um, and, and the backbone. And I think that's been one of the amazing things at the, at the, the most previous um, retreat in Pittsburgh, we took an opportunity to go to some of our legacy chapters that had either similar uh, metropolitan sizes or our demographics locally and said, hey, can you mentor some of our newer chapters? Because there are 50 um, and it can be 
overwhelming to get on that chapter director's call or that curriculum call. Um, and sometimes you don't want to be the person who is asking all the questions. And so it would be really nice if you can mentor. And a number of our um, our older chapters stepped up and said, love to do it. Um, and so that we've built these bridges and these relationships between chapters um, that have become very strong and very helpful. Um, and that's really what NLC is all about. I mean, it's not just about growing the progressive movement and community and supporting and promoting your own chapter and your own alumni and community, but also helping those who may have more challenges, might be in red zones, um, may have a little less infrastructure and kind of filling in the gaps. And I think that's something that's always been um, a huge asset to NLC. And it's why we've been able to stand the test of time. Um, You've seen some other organizations and, and certainly following the 2016 election, you saw a lot of organizations pop up to run to get people to run to train people to run. Um, and NLC consistently since 2006 has stayed the course. We do leadership development um, and, and we support each other. And I think that that has been really critical to our success. Um, and now most of our partner organizations love working with NLC because we are so consistent. We're not a bunch of emails. We're humans on the ground doing work um, and connected and, and dedicated to supporting each other. Um, and it's really leaving a mark. And I'm really excited to see what happens both in 2018 and what happens um, as we look to 2020, the role that our, our community is going to play in terms of um, the narrative and also who, you know, who might be our next president or um, how our, our government might look like or what our business policies might look like. Yeah, makes sense. Last thing, uh, give us a, a short timeline on when some of the convention stuff will roll out in terms of registration and draft programs and those, those kind of things so people can keep, keep an eye on it. Absolutely. So I think that's always been something that people really want to know early on is <clears throat> what's the agenda going to look like. Um, the agenda is going to be a much more expansive this year than it has been in the past. Um, we will be adding to it and consistently rolling out as people are locked in. Um, but not everything's going to run on the same time frame. We're trying to very thoughtfully create space where folks can meet organically, um, but also say if the California chapters want to take an hour and have a boardroom to themselves, that that space is available to them. Um, you will see that rolling out over March and April, and obviously we'll be announcing uh, keynote speakers as they confirm. Um, some of the things I can tell you to be looking forward to is that all of our caucuses will be having um, their annual convening. Some of them will also be running some policy and roundtable discussions. You will see um, all of the commissions of the Millennial Policy Initiative um, doing roundtable discussions. Um, we will, of course, have some amazing keynotes and everybody's favorite, lots and lots and lots of spark talks. Um, in addition to that, our partner organizations will be joining us on the ground. So um, you will have an opportunity to connect with other progressive organizations um, and, and get the best of what they do in the training world, whether it is OFA and, and learning about organizing um, or Emerge or Truman National Security Project, you will have an opportunity to um, attend a training with one of them. Um, and then the final piece that I think folks should get excited about is um, building on the success of the last two years that we've had a handful of community panels. Um, we're going to be doing some community panels that are NLCers only. Um, as the panelists. Um, and so stay tuned for opportunities to um, pitch an idea um, and also uh, pitch yourself to be on it. Uh, in term terms of the registration link, as soon as um, 
We have the registration link from the hotel, which should come knock on wood next week. Uh, registration will go live. Um, we've tried to make it affordable for folks um, by setting up an opportunity to do a payment plan. Nice. Um, I'd really encourage folks to to set up a Google alert for flights. Um, thankfully, Houston is a hub. They have two airports. Um, being from Houston, you know this. Um, but you can get some some real steals and deals um, on a lot, most of the airlines. Um, mm-hmm. So if you have status, take a peek. Uh, JetBlue, Southwest, and all the major airlines fly there. And I would really recommend folks um, keep their eye out for an opportunity for getting a, a really cheap flight because um, it's going to be an amazing experience. Awesome. Well, can't wait to see you there. Thanks for giving us a scoop. Thanks for hopping on the zag. And thanks for everyone who has listened. We're in the mid thirties now in episodes. You can find all the back ones on our website or of course on iTunes or Google play, download them all and stay tuned for the next couple of weeks. We're branching out a little bit and talking to more NLC folks from outside of Los Angeles so we can make fun of them about the weather, but also learn about the interesting things they are doing. So stay tuned, enjoy your weekend and thanks for joining us.